Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 651 for the 18th of Elul in a regular year. So the 18th of Elul, otherwise known as Chai Elul, is a very big day in the Hasidic world, especially in the Chabad Hasidic world, because this is the birthday of both the Baal Shem Tov, who is the founder of the general Hasidic movement, as well as the Ultra Rebbe, otherwise known as Rabbi Shneur Zalman of Liadi, the founder of the Chabad Hasidic movement, and also the author of the Tanya, the very safer, the book that we that is the subject of this podcast. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode. So there are many different traditions throughout the world and throughout different cultures that talk about this idea of there being elements that are kind of can be thought of as being the building blocks of our entire world, of of everything that our world is composed of. We know in chemistry, there's the idea of the periodic table, right? The different elements of the periodic table, which really are combinations of other more fundamental elements. In Chinese tradition, there are five fundamental elements that the world is made up of. And in Judaism too, as we'll learn, we actually have a tradition brought down to us by the Rambam of the world being made up and all of all of matter made up of these different elements. So according to Judaism, according to the Rambam, the four basic elements that make up all of matter, make up all the different things in our world as we know it, are fire, air, water, and earth. And so when you take these different fundamental elements and combine them in different ways, that is the composition of all the different things that exist in our world. So a specific thing that we're going to be talking about today, and you'll see why when we get deeper into it, is a tree. And how when you look at a tree, when you look at a piece of wood, let's say like a piece of a tree, it too is made up, the, the wood of the tree is made up of these four elements, the fire, the air, the water, and the earth. There are explanations about this, like how we can see the different elements within the, within the wood or within whatever substance it is that we're talking about. But when we talk about wood, what happens is that we know people often light firewood, right? Like to make a bonfire, that kind of thing. And what happens when the wood is lightened, then three of the elements actually evaporate out of it. The element of fire, which we see overtly, right? Like the element of fire, it's, it's firing up. Air and water. All, those three elements actually get evaporated out from the element of the wood. And what you have left, when you have like those ashes left after the bonfire, at the end of the bonfire, what you have left is is you have earth. So what's interesting about this in the context of what we're going to be discussing today is that we see a certain reference to earth or dust specifically 
in a way that uh, that Avraham Avinu refers to himself. Avraham, our forefather, refers to himself in this way. He refers to himself as being dust and ashes. And at first glance, this seems to be a kind of pejorative description of himself, like being a little bit self-deprecating. Like he says, I am dust and ashes. However, what we'll learn about today is there's actually something about it that is very profound and it should not be taken in such a negative way. It is something about, it is saying something that is kind of realistic and kind of true. And it's actually teaching us a very deep lesson about God in general and about um, the nature of who God is and our experience of God. Uh, so we'll learn about that also. So basically the theme of today is we're going to be learning the deeper meaning behind this phrase of I am dust and ashes and what that is a reference to when Avram says that. So to understand this really, we need to put this in the context of what we started learning about yesterday, which was we began a new epistle, Epistle 15, where we started talking about this idea about how it is that we can, if we want to come to try to understand God a little bit better, we can look at a person because we were created in the image of man and the different spheres, the different spheres, the different like spiritual elements that that we relate to God, that's the way that God manifests and um, relates to his creation are actually found in a parallel way within a human being. And so we can look inside of a human being, we can look at our different, the way, what we're composed of, and we can use this as a way to kind of see ourselves as a mirror of God on a certain level. Today, however, we're going to kind of get a little bit humbled because while if we think about yesterday's episode, that might lead us to a feeling of grandiosity that made it lead us to a feeling of thinking of ourselves as being gods ourselves thinking of ourselves as oh wow so really i am god what's the difference between me and god and that kind of thing and today we're going to come back down to earth and we're going to learn that actually this is not the case at all and that like when we talk about these different elements that exist within us and how they parallel the elements within god this is a very far cry from those elements um as they exist within God and a way that we can understand how far a cry it is, is by looking at the relationship between a burnt up tree. And it's like, now you just see the ashes of the tree and the tree itself. So it's like, nobody would ever say, you know, you look at this big luscious willow tree or, you know, think of like the, the most beautiful tree you've ever seen. And then you look at another tree that's the same, that was the same size, the same genre and all of that, but now it's just been burnt up into ashes do they look the same? No. <laughs> you know, would you say that they both are the same tree? Not really. However, sure, the tree, the fundamental aspect of the tree, which is the earth element, which is that those ashes are there. So the ashes are, we don't want to minimize the ashes in the sense of just dismissing them entirely. However, they're just ashes at the end of the day. And that's kind of the way that we can understand our composition and the elements within our bodies and uh, and how they parallel God is in this way of a comparison to ashes to the tree or to the wood, which is made up of all of the elements. And the altar is going to say that this is actually not even a fair comparison because it's like the distance between the two things for us in relation to God is way further and like much more to an infinite degree than in relation to um just the dust, the dust and ashes to the tree itself. And the reason, and where does Avraham come into the picture? Because we mentioned that this is this is specifically Avraham who made this comparison to of himself, um, of of him being dust and ashes. Why? Because Avraham is the archetype of Chesed. Avraham is the archetype of kindness, of of giving, and all of that. And we've spoken about 
quite several times in the Tanya about how the kind of like the uh, the epitome, the kind of like the primordial attribute of God, which is sort of like the fundamental attribute of God, is this attribute of chesed. And so then when we think about Avraham, when we think about him being the archetype of chesed, well, he did embody this supernal chesed. That is very true. Nevertheless, Avraham was very clear with himself. He was very much aware that he was but dust and ashes in comparison to the true chesed, which is the chesed from God. So let's get into the text and see how the Alter Rebbe explains all of this. And for context, we are in the middle of Epistle 15 of Egeria. So here we go. So the altar begins and he said that we need to proceed like basically in order to understand what we've been talking about, what we started talking about in yesterday's episode, the idea of how we, the way we understand God is through man and all of that. So we need to first look at, says the altar something which he heard from his teacher, the Maggid of Masrich. On the verse, and this is a verse from Bereshis, chapter 18, verse 27. And this was said by Avraham Avinu, where it says, I am dust and ashes. So this is something that Avraham Avinu, uh, Avraham, our, our forefather of blessed memory, said about the revelation. He was, a, he was referring to the revelation of his soul, which shined in his body from the light of the supernal chesed. And this was his attribute. This was his attribute of Avarabha, of great love. So Avraham was known to be a very loving person. That was like, he was like the archetype of love and goodness and kindness. And so when he said, I am but dust and ashes, like I am dust and ashes, that was, that's what he was referring to himself as. Um, this was a reference, says the, says the ultra, but the ultra, but learned this from the Magid of the radiance of this high chesed that was coming from Hashem. And so uh, why, why was he considered to have this great love? Like what was it about him that made him into this great loving person? Is that he loved God with a great love uh, that was so supernal to the point that he became a chariot for God. So we've learned about this previously in the Tanya that all of the forefathers, but uh, Avraham was the first forefather. So he sort of epitomized this, were chariots for God. So it's like their whole entire, entire beings like really just embodied God totally. They had no sense of self at them uh, uh, of themselves at all. So the ultra but continues and he says, bearing this in mind, a person might then come to assume that when we're talking about the aspects of chesed and love that is high up there in the supernal spheres, that this aspect of love that we find in Avraham Avinu is is related to that in some way that it's it's like a it's a, it's like a taste it's similar in some way like Avraham's Avaraba uh, of blessed memory his his love is like somewhat of like a sense it gives us a sense of this true type of this this much more supernal type of love that's above just that okay so we we know that it's the supernal love is much greater in measure it's much more wondrous to an infinite degree because we know that the supernal midos, the supernal attributes don't have any measurement to them. Like they're, they're beyond measure. They're truly, really, really infinite, right? Uh, because the light of the infinite one of God uh, is shines within 
them because God and his attributes are one and the same. So just like how God's attributes is infinite, then we've talked about this before, how the, thus all of his attributes are similarly infinite as well. Um, so, which is not the case when we look at a, uh, the soul of a person, right? The soul of a person, person which is vested within physicality, the attributes of the soul does have dimensions to it. It does have limitations because it's vested within this material body, which is by nature of which it is limited, is has measurements, right? But nevertheless, even though a person might like acknowledge the fact that like, okay, we do know that God is infinite, humans are finite, a person might still come to think that there is some kind of relationship between the two that like when we experience Avraham's chassid down here, when we like study Avraham's chassid, we could say like, oh, that's, that's pretty, that's gives us a sense of what, of what God's aspect of a chassid is. And this is why, says the altar Rabbi, this is why uh, Avraham, um, referred to himself as being dust and ashes. Why? So now we're going to get into the whole parable of the dust and ashes, which we started talking about in the introduction that, okay, so, so how can Avraham being considered as dust and ashes help us understand his relationship, his chassad's relationship to God's chassad's relationship. So, okay. So we look at ashes, right? And so let's compare ashes to wood. So it's like, let's say if you have wood and then you burn it up and then all you're left with ashes. So the ashes contain within them the essence and the, the, the being of the wood that burns because the wood used to be made up of four elements, right? We mentioned this in the introduction. So the four elements are fire, wind, water, and earth. Those are the four elements that the wood was was made up of. And of those, three of those elements, the namely the fire, the water, and the wind, they left when we burnt the woods. So basically it's like when you burn wood, what happens is that the elements of fire, water, and wind leave the wood and they become consumed in the smoke that came comes into being through their combination. So basically if you think about that, what is smoke? Smoke is kind of made up of fire, water, and air. It's it's a it's like this mix up of those three elements. And so the those elements from the wood became consumed within that smoke. And the fourth element, which is the element of earth that was found within the wood, uh, goes down. So it's like the three other elements go upwards and the f and then the fourth one goes down. So why does it fall down? Because the fire is no longer ruling over it. Because fire, the nature of, fi nature of fire is to go up and the nature of earth is to go down. So it's like while the fire was still somewhat like suffused and mixed in with the earth, then we have wood, you know, which is like, sure, it's not, uh, it's not like floating or anything like that, but it's, it doesn't have the same heaviness associated with it as ashes. Ashes, like they really, they're just like in the ground, right? And, um, and so, because now that the fire got removed from it, now what's left up, what's left over is just this earth element. And this is what is, these are the ashes. And so we find that the entire being of the wood and its whole essence and its whole substance and its whole form, <clears throat> whether we're talking about the length of it, the width of it, or the density of the, of the, the wood, which was clearly visible before it was burnt, right? So it's like if you took a piece of wood, it has a clear dimension to it. You can say how long it is, how wide it is, all of that stuff. All of the substance of it really ultimately comes from the earth. We can say that there's something really 
essential about the element of earth because that's the only thing that stayed. That's that's the survivor of this process. So it's like if you take, so it's kind of like you're taking the wood and you burn it and what do you have left over? What you have left over is the earth element in the form of the ashes, which shows us that there's something essential about that earth element that is still there, that it wasn't, it didn't leave when it went underwent that process of burning, right? So, uh, so when we actually had the wood, so like actual wood before it was burned, so it's still, even at that time, even though it looks different, the main aspect of that wood is the earth element, just that the water and the fire and the wind are, were contained within it as well. So that's what gave it that appearance that when we think of wood and like that's what wood looks like, it's because it has all those elements in combination with it. However, there's something about the uh, the element of earth, which is a little bit more essential because the element of earth is the most material of all of them. And so materiality by nature has dimensions, has length, width, and, uh, and density to it, which is not the case with fire or with wind. So if you think about fire and wind, it's like, can you really measure fire? Like fire is constantly shifting and changing and wind as well. You can't really say, maybe you can measure it in terms of like how hot it is, you know, uh, maybe like how uh, far it's spreading or something like that, what it's affecting. But in terms of like the actual dimensions, fire and wind don't really have dimensions the way that earth does. And even water, which does have these dimensions. So you could say, okay, water, you know, this, this amount of water and it's a very specific amount of water. So even that it's only, uh, it is found in wood, but only in a very small degree. <clears throat> it's not the main makeup of the wood. The main makeup of the wood is this fire, air and earth element. And the, the actual dimensions of the wood, so when we're actually looking at the dimensions of the wood and what, what makes it up, whether the length, the width, or the density, it's all earth. It's really earth is the main thing. And this to illustrate this, the Ultra Rebbe brings a citation from Echa, chapter 3, verse 20, where it says, Hakol haya min ha'afar v'hakol shav el ha'afar. All is of the earth and all returns to earth. So... Main, basically emphasizing this point that there's something very, very essential about earth, something very primal about earth. You know, you think about it like after 120, we bury people in the ground, right? And we know that the one thing that's left over after the wood burns is this element of earth in the form of these ashes. And so now to go back to this whole discussion of Avraham Avinu and how this relates to all of that. So, so the ultra epic goes on and he says that just as when we look at the, the, at ashes, there's no comparison at all to the, to the tree that it came from. So it's like, let's say we're taking the wood of the tree and the wood of the tree, or we look at an actual physical tree and there's dimensions to it. There's a whole form to it, a whole shape to it and all all of that, and then you burn the tree and you compare the before and after, there's no relationship, right? Not in any way in terms of size. Like it's like, you know, think about the amount of space that those ashes are going to take up versus the space that an entire tree is going to take up or even a piece of wood even, um, or qualitatively, it's totally different as well, right? It's like ashes, like what are ashes already versus a tree or wood, there's a lot more going on there. So even though you compare those two things and they really seem to have like no relationship to each other at all, we've, we now can understand this idea that actually the essence of the wood, the essence of the tree and that which it came from is that earth element, 
right? If you think about it, even like a tree, it's how does a tree grow? A tree grows from the earth, from the ground. So there's something very primordial, very essential about that earth element. Uh, so it's like this interesting thing that on the one hand, there's no comparison between the two. And on the other hand, the entire essence of the tree is found within that earth element on some level. And so the altar rabbi says that this is exactly how we can come to understand this idea of Avraham Avinu, uh, of blessed memory, and his attribute of chesed and love that radiated within in him and was vested within his body. That even though this attribute of love and chesed and supernal love and chesed that was found in Atsilos and shined within his soul, uh, which was a chariot for his supernal well, so meaning this is a very godly element. We don't want to dismiss that. It is, it's coming from this very, very high place. Nevertheless, when this supernal element of chesed came down here and became vested within the body, within the body of Avram, if you know, through becoming, uh, f going down through all the different worlds from one level to the next, through many different constrictions, there's no comparison at all between the light of love that shines within him, within Avraham Avinu, to the light that of, of love and chesed that's found in Atsilos, right? So even though it is coming from there, so just like it's like the ashes, what are the ashes? The ashes are the tree. They're, not, they're nothing other than the tree, but there's no comparison for, between the two at all. So... Uh, so basically, same thing with Avraham Avinu, his attribute of chesed, yes, it's coming from a very lofty place, but there's no comparison. We cannot compare the two in terms of substance, in terms of what they are. And so the Altropa says this is the only way we can kind of try and understand it in a comparative way is the way that we look at this this analogy of the of the, the ashes and the dust that and in comparison to the to the tree, which to illustrate just how luscious this tree is and everything, the altar of says, this is from Breshi's chapter two, verse nine, that this tree is pleasant to the sight and good for food. So it's, you know, again, a tree, much more exciting, much more going on. There's fruits coming out of the tree sometimes, things like that versus there's leaves, there's color, all that stuff versus you look at the ashes and it's, there's like, no comparison, right? Um, and the ultra says that just like we understand this with the tree, so actually the tree versus the ashes. So then when we talk about the element of chesed within God versus the element of chesed as it appears within Avraham Avinu, it's even more of a greater difference between here to uh, thousands of a degree by separation. But nevertheless, the reason why we do use this analogy if it's not a perfect analogy because it's like the the difference is so much greater says the ultra rabbi is because the torah speaks in the language of man in uh using metaphor and allegory and all of that kind of stuff so that's it for today so again just to summarize the main idea that we learned is that this comparison of avram avinu to dust and ashes is not a random one the reason why he compared himself to dust and ashes is because he had this recognition that his chesed that he embodied, which he, again, he's the archetype of chesed. There is no other person that ever lived before or will live after who embodied chesed to a greater degree than Avraham. He lived kindness and giving and love and all of that stuff. And it truly, it actually came from a godly place. It wasn't just like a man-made chesed. His chesed came from the chesed, the supernal chesed that came from the world of Atsilos. Nevertheless, the way that it manifests down here, it's really, really different to no, like to an infinite degree, like very different 
in proportion, very different in uh, quantitatively, qualitatively, all of that. And the way we can understand the difference is again, by looking at the difference between wood, a piece of wood and ashes that result as a result of burning the wood, which the ashes, what are the ashes? The ashes are sadly, they are that wood, that tree that once was, but it still is there. That's like the essence of it is contained within that. But really, are they the same thing? Not really, you know, like obviously there's a big difference between them and the difference between Avraham's chesed and God's chesed is a thousands of a degree more different than the ashes versus the wood. So that's it for today. And we will continue with this epistle tomorrow. And so stay tuned and I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.